Good morning, the Open Door family. How are you doing this morning? I know you're wondering why you're seeing me on video, but I'm so excited about worshiping with you this morning. Uh, and I want to share a little bit of news with you. But uh, first of all, welcome. Uh, this is the day that the Lord has made. We can rejoice and be glad in it. I'm so excited uh, that you chose to come and worship at the Open Door today. And we get the opportunity to share God's love and his grace with you. And so I just want to take a moment to uh, share a little bit of an update. Uh, so one of the reasons why we're doing our, uh, uh, this portion of our service uh, via live is because Melissa, my family, and I uh, took this past week, starting Monday, uh, to just take a few days away to just uh, rest and recuperate. And one of the uh, opportunities that we took is we went on a cruise. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and but and so uh, with that said, uh, we went on Carnival Cruise Line, and on uh, yesterday uh, morning we departed the ship. Uh, but prior to departing the ship, we received a uh, email letter that said that all of cruises for at least a month had been suspended, had been canceled, and so we understood that they had taken uh, tremendous precautions while we were on the trip. Uh, they washed the boat, uh, the ship, completely before we arrived. Uh, they had hand sanitizer, all of these things. And then on yesterday at evening, we received a notice that there was a confirmed case of coronavirus virus, uh, identified on someone who had taken a Carnival Valor cruise. Not our cruise, but had taken the one prior to ours. So I want to make that clear. No one was confirmed as uh, having the coronavirus on our cruise, but it was prior to us. Uh, and so with that said, we wanted to be as cautious as possible. We wanted to make sure that uh, we self, I'm going to say the word, quarantined uh, our family. And so we're going to be doing uh, the message today uh, from me being here at our home. And I want to just encourage you and I want you to uh, just be excited about what God is doing uh, in the midst of everything that may be going on, because we want to walk in truth uh, and not in all the things that we may be hearing. We want to take precautions, but we want to be comforted by God in knowing that he has a great plan. And so one of the things I want to tell you today is that, you know, we've, we, you've probably seen a lot of, bit, a lot of Facebook uh, videos before, and maybe during one of those videos, uh, you've seen... Uh, Various things happen. I want you to assure you today that none of those things are going to happen that you may have seen in the past. There's, no, there's not going to be any kids or family members walking behind me or anything like that. There's not going to be any, um, there, there was no puppets that came from the cruise ship that are going to be, you know, showing up. So you don't need to worry about any of those things. <laughs> and my wife's not going to be trying to feed me during the message or while I'm serving. So you don't need to. Be worried about any of those things. Just relax, enjoy, hear God's word, uh, allow it to speak to your heart and remind you of, of who he is and all his goodness and his blessings and how he has a plan and a purpose for us. So today I want to just spend some time, uh, and I started on this message before we left uh, on, on uh, Monday, uh, just trying to get in preparation, and, and I was thinking about what would be the, the title and what would God really thinking about what he would, you know, just put on my heart to share. And God shares a lot of things with me and uh, through his word and through the Holy Spirit and prayer. And, and, uh, and so the message that 
title that I that that just kept coming to mind is the best made plans. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so we did a lot of planning. <laughs> Uh, and, and, and as a, God was speaking to me about the best made plans, and maybe you've had a time in your life that you've kind of planned some things out, that you've tried to, you know, plan the course of your life out, or uh, you've written down and, and had all of these different steps. And there are several uh, thoughts on that. You know, one of them is that in, in the military, we said no great plan survives first contact. And then there's also uh, this Yiddish uh, model that says, man plans, but God laughs. You know? So maybe you've had times where, you know, your plans just didn't turn out exactly uh, how, how you thought it would plan to turn out. And maybe you've wondered, well, why is that the case? Or why is there some things that maybe I want to do it this way, but it doesn't turn out exactly uh, the way I want to do it? Or maybe that's not the best way to do it. Or maybe there's some challenges, you know, with, with this, this great plan that I may have put in place, and then once you start, you know, working it out, it, it kind of doesn't go exactly how we thought it would go. But I think God has some answers for that because we see it in the scriptures. Now, actually, if you have your Bibles or your tablets or your smartphones, so turn with me to the book of Proverbs, chapter 16, verse 9. We're going to look in, uh, in, uh, at what Solomon wants to you know, share through the Holy Spirit. You know, because Solomon was a man uh, that, uh, first and foremost, you know, he loved God. Uh, but he had some challenges in life. He was always trying to figure out how he could be sufficient or how man could be sufficient in himself. So he was working through, you know, this, this desire to serve God and this desire to, you know, uh, do it all himself. And, and, and so we see here that he makes this statement, this scripture, that God speaks to his heart and shares some things with him. And so the book of Proverbs, the 16th chapter, verse 9, says this. And reading from the New King James Version, because I want to talk about a little bit of this uh, with some specific words. It says, a man's heart plans his way. But the Lord directs his steps. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your word today. Father, we thank you for speaking to our hearts. Lord, we ask that uh, you open our ears, Father. Give us the eyes to see that we would understand your plan and your purposes for us, Father. And that we would walk in them. And so, Father, we ask you to speak to our hearts in a mighty way today. In Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Amen. Amen. So uh, let's just think about that word plan just a little bit. And so we, um, we may say, what's, what's a plan, you know? And so we, we identify that there are steps that we're taking to achieve an expected goal or an, or an expected end. We even see that in Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, I know the thoughts that I have towards you, says God. Thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a hope and a future. So God works out plans. You know, he thinks about it. He works them out for our good. But so we see, but we see in this scripture that Solomon is saying to a man, 
man's heart plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. So I thought about that for a little bit. What does that really mean for the Lord to direct our steps? And so in our common thinking, we can think of the word direct means to manage or to oversee or to provide guidance or even to, to, to lead along the way. Yeah. But when we look at it from God's perspective, and we look at the Latin word, the Latin word direct means to make straight. Just think about that for a moment, to make straight. See, it's the opposite of crooked or winding. Because I remember so often trying to get to an expected end, to get to a certain destination. And there was this plan that I had that seemed pretty straight. But it was winding. It had all these curves. And the faster I tried to get there, the slower I moved. And so Solomon is coming to this realization. He's coming to this thought process that, see, sometimes we can look at that word directly. We can say, well, is God trying to control us? Is he trying to control everything that we do? Is he trying to make us do stuff? That's not the God we serve. See, we serve a righteous and a gracious and a holy and a loving God. He wants us to be in relationship with him. And so we see that that direct really means that he's wanting to make straight, make our path, make our way, make the, 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 the plans and the purposes that he has for us and through us to come to pass. And so, so often our plans and our thoughts, if we're not careful, can get in the way. See, our own plans. See, there's really two basic ways why we make, how we make plans. See, we make plans based on how we see our identity. See, do we see our, our identity as a human? Or do we see our identity as, this, as the spiritual man, woman, child of God? See, if we accept that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, the Bible says that we're no longer slaves to sin. We're no longer slaves to this flesh. We no longer belong to this world, but we belong to God. And so I remember growing up, I remember having times of my identification, thinking about my identity. You ever thought about your identity? And so I thought about, you know, where I grew up, Houston, Texas, near Channerview, North Shore, East Houston. And I thought about, before I got to that point, you know, how my mother told me I was born in a, uh, the state hospital because we were so poor that she couldn't afford to go anywhere else. And uh, the doctors just forgot about her, you know, and she had me on the table by herself. And I was born, I was born, I was two pounds, three ounces. And I had some challenges. I had the umbilical cord was wrapped around my neck, and so I couldn't really breathe for an extended period of time. And something happened to where my legs didn't come out properly, and so uh, I couldn't walk until I was three years old. 
And so I was a sickly, you know, kind of a you know, small child. And so many reminded me of that, reminded me, you know, like, you know how we can self-impose an identity on someone. And so before I know it, I started thinking, well, there wasn't really much I could do. There wasn't really any large plans that the Lord would have for me. And I wasn't saying it that way at that time, but that was the thought process. And so my plans were, in many cases, very limited. And so I would go in directions that I, uh, that, that I knew that I probably shouldn't be going in. But see, here's what happens when we, when we look at it from our own identity. Go with me in that same chapter, the verse 1 of Psalms 16. See, it says this, the preparation of the heart in man, the plans of the heart in, in man, and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. What that scripture is saying is man plans from his heart was in his heart. But the answer the righteous, holy, perfect answer comes from the mouth of God. It's so important that we don't lean on our own understanding, that we don't lean on, on, on our identity. Because we can choose and we can make decisions and we can go down courses of life that God never intended. That are not the quick path. It's actually the long way. It's actually the troubled way. It's actually the time, the, the, the way with brokenness and despair. But look also what verse 2 says. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes. See, if we're not careful, we can rationalize our decisions, our plans. And see, rationalize just means telling ourselves a rational lie. That we make ourselves believe it. But look what the next part says. It says, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. See, he weighs and he examines. God's able to look at the inward and the deep part of our heart. See, he did that. We can see it in the scriptures many, many times. Let's look at an example of that. Turn with me to 1 Samuel. First Samuel, the 16th chapter, verse 6 and 7. First Samuel, the 16th chapter, verse 6 and 7. And here's what it says. And it came to pass, when they were come, he looked upon Elip. So who's Elip? Elip is the son of Jesse. And this is, Jesse had many sons. This is during the time of when Saul is king the first king of the Israel nation. But Saul has displeased God. He's not followed God's plan and God's purpose. And so God says that he is going to anoint a new king. And so he sends Samuel to Jesse so that he can anoint the new king of Israel. And so when Samuel shows up, he sees Elab. And he said, surely the Lord's anointed is before me. 
Because see, Samuel's vision of viewpoint was able to look on the outside, and Elip was, I believe, a handsome man. He was great in stature. He was one of the senior sons. He probably carried himself very well. He was probably very articulate. And see, God gives us so many gifts, talents, and abilities so that we could do some great things. We could have some great plans, but is it the plan that God has for you? Is it the answer? Is it the straight plan? And so Samuel said these words, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, see God's vision is greater than our vision. He said, look not on his continents. Don't look at all this. Don't look at what's coming. Or on the height of his statue. Because I have refused him. He's not the guy. For the Lord seeth not as a man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance. But the Lord looketh on the heart. See, he was looking on the heart of that man that would be king. He was looking for David. The little shepherd boy. The little boy is out there tending the flock. Because his heart was turned towards God. See, that's what God is trying to speak to our hearts about. See, it's not by might, nor power, nor by strength, but it's by his spirit that our hearts turn towards him and that he leads us in the way. That we don't want to make our plans outside of his plans. But we allow him to direct our path. And so I encourage you to think about a couple things. You may be asking, so what's God's end game? You know, why did he, why does he, you know, gives us these gifts, talents, abilities? You know, he, he, uh, he has a plan for us. And then it's, you know, it's like trying to figure out a puzzle sometimes. You ever felt that way? You know, you, you have all these plans and it just seems like you're going left and right. And so often we look at that left and right and we think, that's not a straight road. That's going to take me forever. That's, why would any rational person want to do that? Why would any person want to go through trials and tribulations? Why would any rational person think that the plans we see in this holy, precious, righteous word would make any sense in the world that we live in? A world that's dog eat dog. A world that's self-preservation. And maybe you've experienced it for yourself. That you've read God's plans and you've seen God's plans and he spoke to your heart and you go about stepping out on God's plans and it seems that 
it seems more harm and more stuff come against you and more snow. It seems like you get slowed down because you're trying to follow God's plan. See, saints, God knows how to go slow, to go fast. God knows exactly what we need. See, he's not about trying to harm us, but he's trying to straighten. So that when the storms come and the trials and the tribulations happen, we will not be moved. See, I loved, I heard the words today when we were worshiping this morning, but I'm reminded of that song that, that says, we will not be moved. And that was written by John Hurst. I just want to think a little bit and, and, and just share those words with you. Glory to God. Give me just a moment. See, here's what John Hurst wrote. He said, I shall not be moved. I shall not be moved. I shall not be moved just like a tree that's planted by the waters. I shall not be moved. I'm on my way to heaven. I shall not be moved. I'm on my way to heaven. I shall not be moved. Just like a tree planted by the waters. I shall not be moved. He went on to say, I'm sanctified and holy. I shall not be moved. I'm sanctified and holy. I shall not be moved. Just like a, just like a tree that's planted by the waters. I shall not be moved. See, saints of God, let your thoughts be established. See, there's three points that I believe that God used Solomon to share with us in this passage. And the first one is to establish our thoughts. Look at verse three. It says, commit thy works unto the Lord of Psalms of Proverbs 16 and thy thoughts shall be established. They'll have a firm foundation. They won't be moved. See, everything around us, all the rumors, all the, the, the news, is to move, is intended to move us. But remember, you're sanctified, you're set apart, you've been cleansed, you've been washed. So don't be moved. Let your thoughts be established in Him. The second point that we see is also is in verse 6. Solomon writes these words. He says, by mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. See, God brings you along a path. He establishes you. He wants your thoughts to be focused on him. So that when you enter into those situations, when you enter along that path, you may not know why you're there. But you're bringing mercy and truth with you. And it's like that calm on troubled waters. It's like Jesus said, peace, be still. And the world sees that. 
And our family and our friends and those around us see that. We may would not have chosen this path or, or this way about doing it, but God set us there at that point in time, in that appointed place, to bring mercy and truth with the intended purpose of purging sin. See, think about that. That, that. that word purge means to root out, to rid out. To get rid of. And so we don't do that by our own strength and our own accord. See, the Holy Spirit that indwells and endows in us. There's something about the children of God. When we bring mercy and truth, it's undeniable. And so we see that purging occurs. It don't just occur in us, but it starts there. And then it happens to our family and our friends and to others. When we follow his plan. See that purging. Maybe you've had a time where you just felt like you weren't going to ever be able to just get away, get away from that sin. That just so easily besets you. And maybe you felt troubled. But as you continue to follow God's plan. Continue to trust him. You saw him work it out. You saw him bring about a strength you didn't even realize you had. And there's something happened. It just started purging away. Then it happens to people around you. And look what that last portion of that verse says. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. By the reverence of the Lord. You don't realize how many people come to reverence the Lord because of you. So often we look at our plans. And we go, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And God says, you are, you are, you are. See, our identity. See, our spiritual identity is so important that we understand that. See, the Bible tells us that. Let me share a little bit with you. It says, I am the righteousness of Christ. Do you know that? You are the righteousness of Christ. It says that you are a child of God. That you are holy and beloved by him. That you are his workmanship. His plan. Don't allow his plan to remove from you. And so let me let me share that third point with you. Of what's God's instinct. What is this all about? Look at verse 7. Proverbs 16, it says this. When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. See, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even our enemies to be at peace. See, he's called us to be peacemakers. We are called to be, to bring peace 
into a world that's raging, that's warring, and it's not going to look like maybe a plan that we have. Because God is an unconventional God, you know that? He's not going to do things the way the world does it. Remember Isaiah reminded us, he said, all thoughts. God said in the scripture, he says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. See, his ways are bad. His thoughts are clearer. His vision sees all. And so we trust him. We hold on to his unchanging hand. And so here's what I'd like to leave with you. I know it, at times it may seem challenging. We have all these things around us that seems like they're just waging at us. They're, 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 they're trying to pull us at every point. God wants to encourage us. We saw him encourage the people of Israel when they were going through all kinds of trials and, and hardships. He utilized the prophet Isaiah to say these very words in Isaiah 41.10. He says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. For I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. See, God will uphold you. He'll strengthen you. He'll help you. And he's telling you to fear not. Trust him. Know that he loves you. If you don't know anything else, you hold on to that very point that God loves you. That he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He has a plan for you. And it is the best plan. Because it's God's plan. Amen. Be blessed today. I'm so excited for you. And I thank God for you.